Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is supported by Chimney Fire Coffee. Chimney Coffee. Supporting ethical and eco-friendly practices. Chimney. All the way from farm to cup. Fire coffee. They source their beans from El Salvador, Ethiopia, Peru and Brazil. Then they roast them in the Surrey Hills. In the nice bit between Guildford and Dorking. Chimney. They work directly with farmers. Fire coffee. And they share their stories. Chimney. Their packaging is fully compostable. Fire coffee. Listeners to Three in a Bar can get 20% off their first coffee order. Simply head to chimneyfirecoffee.com and use the code Three in a Bar at checkout. This is Three in a Bar, a podcast where we are joined by a different musician every episode. I'm Seb Philpot. And I'm Verity Simmons. I play the trumpet. And I play the cello. Our guests could be from any part of the music world. We've spoken to pop stars, composers, orchestral musicians, singers, musical theatre performers and lots more. We chat about their careers, ambitions and get a glimpse into what makes each musician unique. Shall we sing the song? Oh, don't make me sing the song. Three, three in a bar. Hey, I tell you what, auto-tune is a wonderful thing. Three, three in a bar. Come on, Seb. First round's on me. I'm going to set an alarm because I need to be gone. Oh, do you? Yes. Just in case. Cool. How are you feeling? It's not COVID, is it? No, I don't think so, because I, I did a test and yeah. it was negative. Ah, oh, feeling rough. But you can feel my hear my voice, right? It's yeah, not, not it's right. Not, the same. not right. It's not what it was. <laughs> it's just not what it was. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, uh, it, it's got a very September, October 2021 yeah, vibe. Yeah, but it has. It's just retro, that's all. Yeah. That's good. But it's okay. Yeah. I'm going to survive. Hey, I've passed my test. I've passed Yay! my COVID test. Yes! Amazing. I know. So you're going to go to New York? Yes, yes. Oh, In fact, wow. after we've had this chat, I'm going to go straight to the airport. We're going to stay there tonight. That's so cool. Oh, Where my God. Stay? At the Ibis. I mean, glam. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's but, nice. Yeah. It's not one of those ones where they kind of like fold you into a drawer i know i was hoping uh, for the windows <laughs> no, the one of those pods like a, a morgue yeah yeah it is literally they shove you in put an alarm on get you out yeah yeah 
quick your flight's leaving <laughs> i think it's one step better than that oh, that's nice yeah ibis. i haven't stayed in ibis in a while no nor it, they're okay aren't they i think they're the bare minimum of okay but that's fine right. are they I below think, a travel lodge i think they can be interchanged i feel like ibis budget used to be eat up which was the worst oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but nonetheless very exciting. I'm it's, just, it's all you need, though, isn't it? Yeah, quite. Yeah. Not going to be, like, lounging around there. Just going to get in, sleep, get out. Yes. Yeah. 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 That sounds good. I, I can't believe it's actually happening. No, what can I? Go to New York. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I'm sort of excited, but I haven't even thought about it, because I was so prepared to get another positive COVID test that I couldn't bring myself to be excited. So, yeah, yeah it's cool. Excellent. Ah. Um. I'm just looking at Zencaster. It looks like yeah. there's no sound coming out for me. But oh, I've got lots of ups and downs going on, which worries me that you're going to get like this wall of sound. Of but yours looks good. Well, Mine doesn't yeah. look good. Yeah. Let me just, should I just try it, changing my levels? Yeah, bit? yours is slightly pincy, isn't it, comparatively? All right, I'm going to change now <gasps> to... Oh, Whoa. how's that? Oh, my God. Is it, is it really loud? <laughs> Whoa, yeah. That's... that's... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Okay, going to go down a bit. That's like you suddenly became a monster, a giant or something. (laughs) 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 Okay, well, uh, I think something like that is a bit better. That looks good. Is that okay for your ears? Absolutely. Very good on the ears. Change something here. Okay, um, should we start the show? I think we should, yeah. Um, We should keep this one quite short because it's it's a long one, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. Because, well, yeah, it is. Well, we had yeah. a lot to sift through. Three hours of chat to sift through. And it was all good, wasn't it? That's the thing. It was, there was so it much was interesting. All good. all good stuff. Interesting stuff, yeah. But I'm really sad because there's the whole like sub episode, I'd say, in there that could be entitled um, Sports Chat with Graham King. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because our guest well, this week is... <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Graham King. <laughs> Graham King, principal timpanist at Royal Ballet Symphonia. I mean, he guests guest principals all over the shop as well, doesn't he? He guest principals everywhere, yeah. Yeah. With most of London's top orchestras. That's right. That, sorry, that's what That just tripped off says. the tongue, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Touring extensively throughout Europe, America and Asia. Not the other continents. No. Doesn't do those. No. <laughs> Doesn't like Oceana. Um, on the concert platform and in recording studios, Graham has worked with musicians such as Ashkenazi, Gatti, Menuhin, Marzel, Mazur, Pavarotti, Rattle. <laughs> I was trying to think of one that, that wasn't famous. Um, Go on, check one in. Go on, Annie. Danesh. No, that's. Is that, that Darius? <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, no, that was good. mean to Darius. Oh, no, I, I know. Because obviously he's famous. <laughs> it's not about being famous, obviously. Uh, Salonen and, oh, actually, well, this one I haven't heard of. Go that, on. That's on me, probably. Temir Kanov. I haven't either. Do you like to say it again? <laughs> What's his name? Te- Temir Kanov. Oh. Te- Temir Kanov. Oh, I'm sure we'll have well, some kickback on that. On the commercial side... <laughs> <laughs> he has performed with artists including Madonna and Roger Taylor. Oh, cool. 
nice. Yeah. Um, Is that stuff? Oh, that's it. <laughs> I mean, he's done. <laughs> suffice it to say, he's done blimmin' loads, and he's a brilliant <laughs> timpanist. Oh, Seb. Oh dear. Oh, sorry. No, that's a very poorly sound. Oh dear. He's a great timpanist and great man. I'd never met him before. Isn't he joyous? And we met him on his boat in the marina. Yeah. Um, had a lovely evening out. It was that, it was hence why it's nice. three hours worth that we've edited down to a more manageable <laughs> sized episode. But we talked about all kinds of things, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We got there. It was a beautiful evening. The mm. sun was setting in that sort of way where it's kind of pink sky and you're on a marina. Yeah. And Verity was carrying a bottle of wine. <laughs> of course I was. Uh, just one? Two. Just just one on this occasion. <laughs> just one. This was actually very reserved. We got yeah. through maybe one bottle in that whole three hours. Or did we? Oh, no, we had a bit more. Well, I think we might have had a little more. <laughs> but I would say <laughs> it wasn't like one, when we did Chris Smith's episode. Yeah. We got through a lot in that one. Oh, blimey, we did. tricky to edit that one. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hold wanna... my head in my hands when I listened back to this one, which was good. No, no, no this was this was good. And and yeah, we well, we just chatted for ages. What a nice guy. So nice. Um, there's some excellent things to listen out for. Um, I really enjoy when he's talking about his jazz vibes uh, roots, which he... Alter ego. His alter ego. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to say anything more than that, but it made me laugh afresh <laughs> when yeah. I listened back. Um, uh, yeah. Shall we just do the... Uh... <coughs> oh. oh, dear. <laughs> Shall we? Should we do the the what now? You'll have to take over. Oh dear! I think I think what Seb is trying to say is, <laughs> shall we just get into the episode? And I'm going to say yes. Let's do that. So everybody, let's go and listen to Graham King. Do you go up and down to Birmingham in the boat? That was the original what? plan. Yeah. When I bought the boat. Yeah. Um. Because how far? It wouldn't take that long, would it? Yeah, because I I rented a boat before I bought this boat. Right. And the guy next door, I was just chatting to him, um, you know, I was out on the canal. Yeah. And he he said, yeah, I'll take you, what, get up to Birmingham? Two, two and a half days. (laughs) What? Now, I don't know how, I don't know what speed his boat did. (laughs) But there's, it would probably take probably take the best part of. Do you want me to move to closer? Would that be better? Move the table up a bit. Yeah, if you could try and get as close there as you can with yeah. the mic. Oh yeah. That, uh, that other end flips up as well. If oh, you want cool. that for. Don't do that just for the. Yeah. Do it. Oh yeah. Just my notepad. Yeah. <laughs> my notepad and the flowers. Okay. Oh. Right. Okay. There we go. Brilliant. Well, I think we're. Uh, I think we're cooking. Yeah. Is that? Is that yeah. okay? Do you, do you need, do you need you, to go like that? Yeah, if you could. We'll yeah. move that as much. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's great. <laughs> just so you feel deeply uncomfortable. If yeah, you yeah, find yeah. the least comfortable position <laughs> and then just stick with that, that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, wow. Oh, wow. All right, should, should we contextualise where we are? Yes, or? I think we go should. Go on. Go on, well, uh, We are in the Hertfordshire town. Is it Hertfordshire? Yeah, Hertfordshire. Of Apsley. Yeah. On, uh, oh, I shouldn't talk a village, really. A, a we village, all like to think village. it is a village. I mean, are we giving away too much of your location? We're in a, um, I've we're, never been stalked, but you okay, know. we're in a marina. 
yeah. yeah. Probably loads of them in Apsley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe just, maybe just, okay. We're on a boat and uh, we're here to see Graham King. Hooray. Okay, Hurrah. I felt like there was going to be a round of applause then. But, <laughs> okay, there we are. This is such a lovely setting. And is the pub good? The pub's really good. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Was that a slightly deciding factor in the absolute marina? Am I allowed to say that? I've said it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, don't worry. We're all, everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. Um, I, I'd love to say it was because the train station's very close, but there's there tends to it's a bit like marinas and pubs are a bit like churches and pubs. You know, when you're on mm. tour and 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 you need to find a pub, yeah, um, you just look for a church steeple. Because there's always yeah. a pub by a church. Oh, yeah. and so the pro speaks, the touring touring pro. That's very good. I, well, so I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> of course, not when I'm working. That's not really high on my agenda no, at all whatsoever. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but obviously, no. As I was just saying to you, no tips on this boat. Abs- absolutely no. They're not coming I, through no, that door. I've, I've got a practice pad. Oh, have you? you yeah, yeah. So that sort of fuzzy yeah. thing down there. Which, sticks on the stand oh. um does it make noises is it, is it electronic or no oh god no 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 it's just a thud thud basically so um no yeah. change there then no, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh god it's like the viola joke <laughs> thing yeah, going out now oh god so <laughs> yeah oh god now no aaron felt yeah Poor Aaron. Oh. I mean, he was great because he gets in there with his viola jokes before you have a chance to get in with them, doesn't he? Well, it's yeah. always the best policy, isn't yeah, it? Really, yeah, really, really is. That's yeah. true. What do you get levelled at you as a timpanist? Um, actually, surprisingly few jokes. Oh, really? Because <laughs> normally they're, re- they're reserved for the percussion section, yes. which, of course, is completely different from the timpanist. Timpani yeah. and percussion. Okay, um, it's important to make that distinction. Yeah. Well, for timpanists, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was not... going to ask what the pecking order was, but I think we've just. Heard. Well, it's not really for me to say. You know, um, it, it's it's glory in ours because we tend to be in more things than the percussion. So um, yeah, yeah. You know, normally if if you're touring if you're touring rubbish places like an orchestra tour, I'm not talking ballet tour here, but orchestra tours, mm. then um, normally the percussion would be involved in everything. Yeah. But if you're touring somewhere really nice, normally they'll be in the overture and then they'll be finished. Yeah. <laughs> so you always know if it's a good destination by looking at the... Oh, uh, really? Are, are percussion just on in the overture? And if they are, then you know it's full of wonderful restaurants and... This <laughs> <laughs> is how it seems like to work that. out, is it? Is it, yeah. is it pre-planned? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it the, just seems to be our way. Yeah, <laughs> it's the law. Seems. It is. Yeah. Well, you must oh, know wow. as a trumpet player. Yeah. yeah. If you're not yeah. in everything, then that's oh, the best. Yeah. Yeah. If you're just in the the overture, like maybe you're you're bumping on one thing on your fifth <laughs> trumpet, and then you're done. Oh, that's the dream. Yeah. I can't even relate. I cannot no. even relate yeah. to this. You have to yeah. play all the all time. All the time. And in some like opera, I mean, literally all the time. It's a no completely different yeah. experience for you, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Playing a Wagner opera. Oh, my God. Yeah. Totally yeah. different. And Mozart and things like that. So actually things like Mozart more so because it's relentless. It might not be that it's technically challenging, but it's just relentless. Yeah. But for yeah. you as well, I mean, I imagine Mozart. Everything is technically challenging for me. It is. <laughs> 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 I, I, right and left over the top of most things, most notes. Yeah. High and low. <laughs> 
Yeah. I've started on the jokes already. Yeah, well done. There we go. Spotty guns with that one. Yeah, but they particularly for for ballets. I mean, ballets timpani is such a huge part of it. I've I find looking over at the timp player when they're playing. because you're. Yeah, you're kind of the foundation of yeah. a lot of everything. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose normally what happens is you always steal the moment. You know, like <laughs> like the cellos spend cellos will spend like five minutes building up to this like amazing moment, mm. only to be completely drowned out by the timpani. <laughs> <laughs> you do all hard work, and then yeah, I just take the all the glory. glory you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, like Verity. A, like a goal poacher. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, sort of Gary Lineker yeah. of the. <laughs> Yeah. If anybody can remember back that far. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He was a nice player though, wasn't he? Yeah. He never got any red, yellow cards, red cards. No. Yeah. He never did any two-footed challenges. He won the good, oh, what was it like, what do they call it? Fair I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say good behaviour award at the 1990 <laughs> World Cup, yeah. didn't he? But he also won the golden boot as well. Was it 86, yeah. I think he won? Oh, was it? Yeah, Mexico 86 yeah. or something, okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, he was very good. Yeah. And He's a, a great broadcaster as well. He is a thoroughly decent chap. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he'd like to come on to a music well, podcast? Ma- maybe ask his first wife about that. Oh, I know. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. well, you were fundamental in setting up the RBS football team, weren't the, you? The five-a-side football team, yeah. yeah. The one and only. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, we... Um, yeah, I don't really... I think it happened... I remember it was in Bradford we started. And... I think it was a sort of new wave of younger members of the orchestra, of which your husband was one. Was one of them. Was, was one, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, sorry, Rob. Um, yeah, and there was just this sort of, like, people going out and doing a bit of running and stuff like that, and, and everybody loved football. And I don't know how it, you know, it was probably some... We were played on Friday in Bradford, and everybody just turned up in what they had. So I presume it was some drunken bet on Thursday night in Bradford. <laughs> And we all turned up to this um, slightly underdeveloped sports centre uh, and, and they put us on this sort of cinder pitch. And uh, if anybody's old enough to remember cinder tracks from yeah. athletics, and Kevin Keegan in Superstars, oh, if anybody yeah. remembers that coming off his bike. I've seen the clip of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they anyway, sort of so take all the skin off your, your knees. Absolutely. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely they do, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we so we played, and and it was like, and, and yeah, people quite enjoyed it. So we sort of yeah, we sort of carried it on, and and I just happened to get lumbered with the with the organising. <laughs> right. Um, did you join a league? No, we did. We didn't. We had what we tended to try and do is if there was any orchestra teams where we were near, we'd play those orchestra teams. Yeah, but not in a. Not not in any sort of, comp- you know, I mean, obviously it was competitive, but not in any sort of proper competitive way. Mm. Yeah, who um, were the worst ones, like roughest? Who were the roughest teams you played? Well, well I, I do have to say, I do have to say, I mean, I, you know, apologies, you know, this is all years ago, so it's obviously not, not the same anymore, but CBSO, there was always a bit of niggle oh, with the really? CBSO. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Uh, you know, but in a very, you, you know, like fun way. Well, it wasn't, you know, there was it wasn't sort of Roy Keane, <laughs> Vieira, sort of Patrick Vieira type thing. No. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was all, it was all, you know, terribly gentlemanly, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, had a lot of fun 
doing that. You played that. the dancers as well, didn't you? Oh, my God, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not supposed to mention that on air. Oh, are you not? Air. Are you no, because they get into terrible... Well, I mean, we can now, because we, we don't do it anymore. It's historical. That's why I said this history. can stay. It's history. <laughs> but on the final week of each tour, we used to arrange a match with the dancers, um, <laughs> which uh, was utterly fantastic, because they are such a... You know, the dancers at Birmingham, I don't know what they're like in other ballet companies, but they're out, they're really, to a man and woman, they're the really lovely people. Yeah. And, yeah, we used to arrange on the Friday, and it was all terribly hush-hush, so we couldn't, we couldn't normally, if, if we were going off to five aside, we'd all meet by the stage door with our, you know, yeah. our sports bags, sports bags, you know. <laughs> you know no, normally a plastic bag from Sainsbury's, you know, for stuff yeah. full of dirty kit, and then go off and play. But when we played the dancers, we had to meet somewhere else uh, and then, then all go off to a sort of preordained place, you know, um, and then basically get humiliated by the dancers for, <laughs> for an hour. Not that they meant to do that, they, but, but, you know, you can imagine, like, I mean, by the time, and it's zenith, yeah, um, we're all pretty fit, I do have to say, you know, I mean... Level of skill set within the team um, range from possibly me at the bottom to, I would say, of the regular members like Mike Allen and Gwilym yeah. Hooson. They were they they were they were really good. Um, and if we're lucky, if Steve Walton, you know Steve, oh, I don't know, oh, no. top guy, but he's absolutely fantastic footballer, mm. and. Uh, yeah, but so we were pretty fit, you yeah. know, in terms of, you know, like middle-aged men, I suppose. But playing the ballet dancers is, is, is I mean, they are... Next the level. The athleticism is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And, of course, what you know, we thought that we'd get round that by good organisation and teamwork. <laughs> but, of course, you know, you forget, as ballet dancers, they have this spatial awareness because that's what they do. They, you know, if, if they have a line, they're not looking up and down the line all the time. They just this peripheral vision. So they just knew instinctively where each other dancer was. And of course, a lot of them are football mad, so they were really yeah. good. So we were lucky, most if lucky not to be five nil down after ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then if it if it was looking really bad, if we got into double figures, it was well, they got into double figures by half time, then. Because um, they were such lovely people, yeah. you know, they we'd have a sort of team swap so people would go on other oh. people's teams to help out, you know. You should totally have taken some of them to your matches with other orchestras and just fed them in, you know, given them a fake name. Oh, yes, so-and-so is a violin extra. Well, you know, uh, no, I, yeah. I mean, the thing is that, you know, it was, you know, Birmingham Royal Ballet football team. Yeah. So we could have been quite entitled to, yeah, you could have had them. to play, you know. But did you feel like you had to stand off them a bit? Like, no injuries, I imagine. Were you cautious? Is that uh, one of the reasons you could Oh, have... God. I mean, that, that's... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting because I used to also organise a five-a-side football uh, thing at... Um, I was going to say near Wembley, but that sounds like really posh, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, um, is it the, the Power League? Yeah, yeah Power I used League, to play yeah, there. Yeah. 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 And, and the great thing about playing other musicians were that you... That there was... A, there was the competitiveness would go so far, but it would. But no one was stupid, which was a really lovely thing. Yeah. And I remember when I used to live in in Kings Langley, the the postman 
he's turned up, you know, every, you know, every mid afternoon or whatever when he's supposed to turn up in the morning. But he <laughs> he always see me like leaving for five subs, you know, with my Sainsbury's bag full of dirty kit. <laughs> and um, so he said, "Oh, do you want to come and play with the lads one night? You know, we're playing playing on Wednesday night. If you fancy coming <laughs> along?" And I thought, "Yeah, great," you know, because I thought it would be like a bunch of musicians playing. Yeah, you know. And it wasn't. It was basically like, I mean, no disrespect to the Royal Mail whatsoever and all the wonderful people <laughs> that work there. But these were like, you can imagine that, you know, they've, they've followed orders and they've done everything all week. And, and five-a-side football on a Wednesday night was their chance to express their inner emotions about the week. Um, and I only played once, just basically because I was fearful for my life. Um and and again, it was it happened to be on the Cinder. I don't know why us and Cinder football tracks are you know it just seems to have <laughs> big part of my footballing well. But anyway, so we ended up playing on this Cinder track, and I remember there was an absolute beast of a guy who literally must have had the worst life imaginable because when he was on the football, he was and it was and it's so unnecessary because he was he was like having a go at everybody. Yeah, you know, I'm this sort of like slightly chubby middle-aged man. I'm mean, no threat to anybody, really, you know. <laughs> but he spent the whole game literally shouting in my ear oh, when he came no. past. Well, I won't repeat anything that you said on, on radio. You can sort of imagine. <laughs> and then it, then it came to a bit just sort of towards the end of the match and I'd sort of, you could only take so much of that. And, and I, you know, and nobody was sliding in with any tackles because obviously you take, like you said earlier, Sepp, you take your skin off you know yeah and there was a sort of melee in the middle of the pitch and i sort of seized the opportunity as this guy was bolting off with the ball after giving everybody a hard time just to tap the back of his ankle which of course sent him sprawling on the ground and he took like all the skin off his hands and his knees and the side of his face wow and, oh. you know because and the thing was that there were enough people about for it not to be very obvious it was me right but I do have to say, at the end of the match, when the whistle went, I'd, I, you know, I thought I moved quickly on the football pitch. I was even quicker getting into the car, it. shouting, "See it, see you next week, lads!" With no, absolutely no intention of, of going back there. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a different universe, like normal football. Yeah, um, wow. because people just—I think it's a frustration they have with their everyday lives. And they well, just were you just terrified of like every time the letterbox just oh for the bit. next couple of weeks yeah. absolutely yeah yeah I just the, the thought that he might go on a different round yeah was uh, and of course I saw I, I saw my postie a couple of days later yeah. and um, like I'm thinking I'd sort of got away with the anonymity of being the one that tripped him up but uh, oh, nice work Graham. <laughs> So oh, he said that we, we absolutely hate that guy, and it was uh, yeah, you were you were everybody's. Yeah, we can't wait for you to come back. There's no, no, <laughs> yeah. about, there's no way yeah, right. I'm coming back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a great chat this is so far, isn't it? Isn't it just Graham? You really spoilt us on that boat. Yeah, you um, did. But we, you did. We, we thought we'd just pop in to your ears again. I know it hasn't been long since you last heard us, but we've got a very, very important uh, thing to talk about. Yeah, news alert. Which, um, news alert. You might have heard about it already. Um, 
the news is we're, we're doing a live show on the 12th of June, 2022. Not long. No. Um, from this coming out. Um, and it's going to be a brilliant live podcast with musical guests and interviews. And you can be in the audience. Quite an opportunity. And can I just say, it's merely £12. Virtually nothing, really. What? I mean, that these days, that's one and a bit drinks in a pub. Um, it is. We are gonna, and you're going to get some amazing, amazing lineup for that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We've got um, headlining the old Dirty Bastards. Brilliant. We've got Estilo String Quartet. Excellent. Christoph Van der Ven. Georgia Van Etten. Georgia Van Etten. Yes. Other people with Van in their name. We do. <laughs> Kuljit Bamra, MBE. Yes. Uh, we have. Who else have we got? Oh, Stella Angelica and. Should we announce oh. it now? Because we haven't mentioned yeah, this let's yet. Do it. <gasps> Our brilliant secret guest is Yestin Davis, who is going to come along and sing for us. Wow. I know. That, wow. That's something, isn't it? Massive something. So Massive. All yeah. of that for £12, and you can come, and it's going to be at the Old Red Lion Ballroom in Leytonstone um, on the 12th of June, starting at six o'clock. Prompt <laughs> till yes. 8.30. Yeah, it's going to be online for an hour and a half on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, obviously, yeah, you could watch that at home. Yeah. Um, but if you come to the show, you get to see, the, see it all in, in, in your eyes, in your own eyes. <laughs> in your actual in the eyes, flesh. yes. But also, once the stream finishes at half seven, there's an extra hour of... There's going to be a gig, basically. What? All the acts are going All to do some more songs. And uh, it's going to be a great little party. It really is. And, and we... the pub's going to be open. You can just oh, hang God. out and we can just drink. Yes, what fun. And all of this is going to be in aid of the Irene Taylor Trust. Um, if you remember, when we tried to do our last live stream that fell apart due to our friend COVID, um, we were going to do it in aid of them that time. And so we've moved that forward to this. They are amazing. We're going to hopefully have a live link up with Sarah and Rob, who will be in Norway. So. It's going to be great. Like Eurovision, yeah. right? It will be like Eurovision. Yeah. Oh, did you watch that the other day? Oh, bits of it. <laughs> let's let's not get sidetracked. No, come on. Um, so uh, buy tickets. Um, buy, buy tickets for the whole family, all your friends. Mm-hmm. There's a link to the tickets in the show notes. And yeah, get involved. Come along. Come and meet us. If we haven't met you before, we'll say hello. Verity will buy you a glass of wine. I probably will. I'll be very excited. <laughs> uh, looking forward to it. Uh, see you there. This is back to Graham now. Bye. Mm. One of your esteemed colleagues told me yeah. that you are actually a clarinetist, but it was too easy for you, so you went to Tim's. Oh no, that's 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 <laughs> lovely. Um, no, no. What what happened? As lovely as that story would be, um, and my clarinet teacher will assure you that I didn't find clarinet easy at all. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I'd sort of had this idea that I was going to... I mean, this is how naive I was, that I was going to go to music college because I quite enjoyed playing Timps and it was good fun and social life was great. You know, I had no idea of work ethic or being actually good at it um, or what that entailed. Um, and so my music teacher, like about six months before the entrance exams, said, um, have you looked at the prospectus at all? And I said, no, no, so I'm just going to you know, turn out the audition 
a bit of Timpson, a bit of xylophone, you know. <laughs> sure, it'd be fine, you know. And he said, well, you do need a second instrument, which was total news to me. Because, I, you know, I wasn't from a musical background at all. I had no idea. I never knew anybody no. that went to music college. What was this for? Was this for Royal College of Music? Or uh, this, this was literally before there was... Because they used to do... All the colleges used to do, like, a spate of auditions within, like, a couple of weeks. Yeah. So it was literally about six months before the whole process started. Right, OK. Um, so so he said, have you, have you got a second instrument? I, I went, what do you mean? I thought, I thought, you know, you played a second instrument if if you wanted to. I didn't realise it was actually part of the curriculum. Um, and, God, how stupid. Anyway, so, like, he said, well, you better get onto it, you know? And he said, <laughs> and, and it was my music teacher <laughs> that said, well, you've got two options, basically. Either flute or clarinet, because they're the two of the easiest instruments. What? <laughs> yeah. Now, I do have to say this, just I hope you're going to keep this in the podcast. Of course, they're, they're two of the easiest instruments to get a sound out of. Right. Now, whether you play yeah. them well is a completely different matter. So I, I tried to flute for a week and, and literally couldn't get a note out of it. Couldn't get a note out of it. And I know there's always that joke about, you know, if you want a flute solo, just hang a flute out of the car window yeah. when it's driving along, you know, yeah. sort of thing. Um but no, I couldn't. So I couldn't make a sound out of the flute. So I got the clarinet, and I sort of, I got on all right with that actually. And it was, and it was quite fun. I really enjoyed it. And of course, because I, I knew where all the notes were, it was only just a question of working out where your fingers went. And then, you know, so it was a relatively simple process. But I got up to grade six um, in in six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> and I did quite a lot of practice. I do have to say, and no disrespect to any clarinet players, but but li- literally, I reached reached my peak at grade six. Yeah, and I think to go on any further than that, you have to be, you know, obviously a fantastic musician and completely dedicated to playing the clarinet. And I wouldn't, you know, there's no in no way being disrespectful to you know all the fantastic clarinet players that i've been lucky enough to sit (laughs) behind uh over the years so you're in croydon growing up were you yeah i was yeah and were you were you playing mainly vibes then apart from that no no i was i was doing um i was doing like orchestral percussion Mm. was the thing and my um my percussion teacher a guy named pete thorpe he was He's one of the loveliest guys you'd ever want to meet. He's, he used to be in the Welsh Guards and all that sort of thing. And was just one of those sort of peripatetic teachers that was... You just can't forget and 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 was so enthusiastic, um, but also quite... He, he was quite firm about, you know, how things were done so you respected what you were doing it wasn't it wasn't like it was just like a massive party time at the back yeah so but the jazz vibes thing was there was my dad decided one year that you know if i was going to do it properly then i ought to have some sort of um like tuned percussion instrument because that that's that's the really fiddly thing Mm. You know, playing yeah. Tim's just high and low, you know, like <laughs> glory at a massive credential moment. But, you know, the real difficulty you know, is, is snare drum and, and all the tune percussion. So he asked my percussion teacher, you know, what, you know, should I buy him a xylophone? And, and Pete, bless him, just said, well, can't make any money out of playing the xylophone. 
He said, buy me a vibraphone, because it's always useful, because you can get gigs with it and do a bit of jazz and all that sort of thing. And he was dead right. And I, and I got this, you know, Dad bought this vibraphone. And uh, I remember this guy turning up, and it was a beautiful, lovely instrument. And like Dad said, Would you just want a couple of minutes, just check it over, Graham, make sure it's all okay. And this guy played a little couple of jazz vibe solos on it. It sounded wonderful. And uh, like anyway, so Dad... Yeah, found it in the Exchange of Mart. Do you remember Exchange of Mart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Old enough to remember that. Yeah, yeah. Think Pouring I... through the Exchange of oh, Mart yeah, for months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Magazine. And uh, I've got to show my age now. And <laughs> anyway, so so Dad went in, into another room to uh, like hand over the cash to this guy. And I, I thought, well, I better just, you know, just make sure it's all okay, you know. And like I went up the scale from the bottom and it just like there was like one note, like really out of tune. You know, went bum, 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 bum. Oh, God, what's, what's wrong with that? And literally, like, heart was... But but I can hear the car drawing off. Yes, oh, my God, it's yeah. gone, you know, paid for this vibraphone that doesn't work. Until I remembered that it started, the bottom note was F, and I wasn't playing a B-flat when I was going up the scale. Uh-huh. Oh. By the time I worked that out, it was, you know... Oh. And, and to be fair, the guy sold it, it was... A, Absolutely stunning instrument. And, oh. and there were some guys who went to um, like quite a posh school in Croydon, which I didn't go to. Um, uh, one guy called Pete Long. Yeah. Yeah. Sax you know player. Pete? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic guy. Yeah, yeah. And he and they were all jazz mad there. And they were trying to sort of recreate that um, what, when we all were young and simple. They were trying to create uh, that sort of Benny Goodman quartet thing. And of course, you know, you can't have a Benny Goodman quartet without a vibraphone in it. Oh, brilliant. And I got the gig basically because I was the only person in Croydon that had a vibraphone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, and absolutely loved it. And, and I always, you know, if I was setting up Timp School, which I'm not going to, all I'd get my kids to do is play Timps and jazz vibes. Because jazz vibes, everything you want to know about harmony, mm. phrasing, you know, it's all there. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. It's terrific. You know, being able to improvise and stuff like that. And I think Pete, I mean, I've got to hope he doesn't listen to this um, podcast, <laughs> but he's he's got the rec- the a recording on tape of my ev- first ever improvisation. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you say wow. But you yeah. did it in front of an audience. It was very, you? very tonic. Oh, no, no. This <laughs> like, was just in somebody's front room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was, I think it was in... B flat or something, and there was a lot of B flats flying yeah. around. <laughs> um, but but once you get that out of your system, and mm. you, you know, and yeah, I, I, I loved it. And then when I got to the academy, uh, I took my vibraphone up there because there was a, there was a little jazz. We used to earn a few quid every Friday night playing in the rise of the pub down the road, mm. and and one of the guys running a jazz band said, "Oh, you got a vibraphone? Bring it along." You know, free booze, and I think you get five or something like that. You know, happy days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then I I turned up one week at at, at college and to find my vibraphone in the corridor upside down, like just splashed all over the corridor. Basically. No. And uh, and and my professor was in there and found out that I was playing jazz on it. And his thing was like, you know, you're here to study classical music, no way. not to be a jazz musician. No. That's awful. Yeah. Oh my he, god. He had done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't believe him at the time, and I even less believe him now after 30-odd years of 
yeah playing music you know did that oh, put you that's... off did you did you stop then or did you think actually no i only stopped do because one. uh just lack of opportunity right um really and and like pete had moved we had a i mean we did like music for youth they used to do a jazz competition and we did the first one mm. and uh you know there was about like 10 groups or something like that and, uh, and a really steep learning curve actually about about how the music business works and like we absolutely nailed it we were absolutely everything went right that day and 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 the guy who got up there's a board of adjudicators and and said you know and, um, the uh, we were called the Arnold Needmeyer Quartet I don't know, it's just a made up name. You know, some, somebody <laughs> thought it sounded cool and chancy, you know. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, sort of thing you'd see like their name on the on the door at the Royal College of Music. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Need my yeah. room. Yeah. But we all had alter ego names. So I was mine was Ron Bevington, King of the Vibes. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Ron Bevington, King of the Vibes. Yeah. yeah. That's that's phenomenal. Yeah, that's, yeah. Do you still ever go by that name? Um I have I I did like a slightly jokey recording for somebody and just filled in a bit of vibes at the back and got them to put Ron Bennington on on the back of the seat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that's um, excellent. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so we 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 did this competition and and you know it was just one of those days where the stars aligned and and I wasn't particularly good, but I'd actually practiced before it, thinking actually you know actually we're in something quite serious now and. Um, yeah, it was great. And the, and the guy came up and was giving the awards out and said, you know, third, you know, bravo for them. Second, he said, if I was booking a jazz band for um, like a run at the Savoy or whatever, or whatever, you know, he said, uh, these are the guys. They're oh. proper jazz. They all improvised. It's literally really fantastic. And here's your second prize. Bit odd, you know, and then and then and the winners were, and it was, uh, it was I won't say what city it was from, but it was, it was like a, and we were just like four individuals, you know, yeah, and and the and the band that won was swing band, um, from a major city in the UK, a and, major, yeah. <laughs> A major, a major, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no jazz joke, pun intended. Yeah, there. Um, <laughs> Christ, a timpanist for God's sake. Yeah. Um, is it? Yeah, and Wells. they. Um, no. <laughs> major. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a Teclia city? It is it's a, got city. a cathedral. It's got a cathedral. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and they won first prize, and and we found out years later that that the reason they won first prize was because if they hadn't. All their funding would have been withdrawn. Oh, seriously! From the city council, mm. which actually, to be fair, I mean, good luck to them. You know, <clears> in, <throat> yeah. in, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. Um, yeah. Was because because our, our pianist was half French, and then he decided that he was going to because he was half French. He had to go and he was given the option of doing national service in the French army. So bizarrely, he decided that's what he was going to do. So the sort of band was split up after that. Oh. I mean, basically, we we reached a. A high point and left it there. Yeah, it's a good way. Yeah, yeah, good good to go out at the top, you know, well, second. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> the repertoire that you look at that comes up, is there anything in the ballet that you think, oh, no? Um, well, only when I see the music. Right. Um, but, but, but a lot of these, a lot of the more contemporary ballets, just because... They don't don't seem to get many airings. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of you know we played a lot of really good stuff actually. There's been some great composers that we worked with over the years. Um, you know, John McCabe was the one that stood out when I got the job. There we were doing Edward the Second, and it was I mean it was a difficult score, and it was it was a slightly difficult score to listen to, but with stage it worked really well. But it was really hard. It was hard for everybody. But you didn't mind because the the actual worth effect it. of it was it was worthwhile, mm. and it's just when you get, you know, um, you know, you know, you get a bar of five four, and somebody's written fives over the top of that, and you're playing the first, the fifth, the third, and the fifth, mm. and somebody's playing oh. the second and the fourth minims over that bar, and then somebody's expecting that actually to be good. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, which fortunately, you know, we don't we don't get a lot of in the ballet. Very fortunately, but um, yeah, but no, we've been very lucky. We've been blessed, really. Yeah. Um, were you, you always know. drawn towards uh, ballet and opera repertoire when you left college? Was it sort of what you were aiming for? Did you? No, no, not at all. I mean, I, I was basically I, I didn't have a stellar career at, at, at college. Um, I, I basically I thought I was much better than I was. Um, better that way round, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, too, yeah. too true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just the, the imposter syndrome came later, you know. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, and and there was. I think it's fair to say this. I mean, a lot of people thrived there, so it, it's. I'm, I'm not saying anything against, you know, the tutors there. Um, it's just that I think I was very naive and I was very immature at the time. And I just thought playing music was like it's at school where it was all about, you know, drinking and having a laugh. And, but I was pretty, I was pretty, I was pretty good, but I could have been an awful lot better. Um, so I sort of didn't really get on with the, with the whole thing. And I wasn't, what I needed was a, like a sort of father figure to help me through the whole transition from being a Croydon school kid to being a professional musician. And, and, 
it was a time when everybody was really busy, orchestras were really busy, and nobody had the time to do that. Mm. Uh, it's a bit different now, very fortunately, I think. Um, yeah, so I didn't really, music now, I didn't really thrive. So I sort of, um, yeah, left left under somewhat of a cloud. It does have to be said. Um, Did you finish the course? Well, Fortunately, well, I mean, unfortunately, but my dad's dead now, um, so I can actually admit this um, live on air, but no, I didn't. There was a bit of shenanigans uh, uh, after the... Uh, they Very stupidly, they put percussion exams the very first day of the final exams in the year I was, you know, my final year. And, you know, you put somebody's exam at 10 o'clock in the morning... And all the exam, all the percussion exams finished by about one o'clock. You know, I mean, you just look at it and think, who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> and, you, you know, the stereotypes are stereotypes, sometimes for good reason. And if somebody had thought about the stereotypes of, about our behaviour, um, then then perhaps they they should have scheduled it later on in exam right. season. Mm-hmm. So we had, it, we had a difficult day. Okay. Really. Um, yeah. And there were uh, there were a number of things that came to pass, none of them necessarily involving me, actually, um, because in the barman's report, apparently, well, I'm not going to say this just in case any of my students are listening to this <laughs> podcast, but in the barman's report, I was basically incapable of doing anything after about two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and, but But basically, somebody had to put their hands up and and admit to it and I, and and I'd had enough by that time. Right. So I just said I'm Spartacus basically. Oh. And then nobody else put their hand up and said I'm Spartacus no. as well. So um yes, yeah, so I sort of um yeah, and I was very happy because I was I it was it wasn't a good place for me and no. you know. So so I left a bit early. Anyway, get back to the ballet. <laughs> so I sort of spent sort of a year and a half in the wilderness, I suppose. Um uh, did things like play at a holiday camp and stuff like that. It was very funny. Maybe for another time. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can oh, go into that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, carry on. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I was, no, because I'm one of the world's worst kit players. Everybody <laughs> thinks as a percussionist that you're a timpanist, that you know, because you're oh, rhythm. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That you'd be a good kit player, yeah. but we're far from it. Um, <laughs> anyway, so one of my one of the sort of first sort of like gigs when I obviously. You know, Santa's Wells Royal Ballet, as it Birmingham Royal Ballet used to be. Uh, obviously, there was there was so they just literally hit rock bottom on the extra list, and for some reason, somebody phoned me up, and I got a gig in Milton Keynes, and I went up there, and I was just playing bass drum, and there was the guy, the, the old timpanist there, Steve Webley, who um, was an absolutely amazing guy, and and he was playing, and I just remember seeing playing the bass drum and 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 like looking over and this sound coming out of the instruments I'd never heard. And basically, I, you know, I, at college I used to go to lots of concerts and stuff like that, which is the only decent thing I did when I went. Um, and, and this incredible, unaffected, natural musicianship and, and sound just erupted out of these instruments. And it, and it, it was one of the loveliest, most happy, positive guys that I've ever met so so I went in a couple of times doing percussion after that and, and Steve said oh I hear you you know you 
fancy yourself as a bit of a timpanist. And uh, I said, yeah, 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 I love playing the timps. You know, that's really what I want to do. Um, and so, bless him. I mean, I presume he asked a few people whether I could actually hold a pair of timp sticks or something <laughs> like that, but, but none of which I heard. Anyway, I got a phone call from Steve saying, oh, can you go up to Sunderland? I've got a week of Swan Lake. You know, if you fancy playing timps in that. Said, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he said... Yeah, help me. And somebody said, you got a van as well. I said, yeah, yeah, I've got a van. He said, well, do you want to take my timps? Because then you can get a bit of portrait and it'll like, help you out in the week, you know, a bit of extra money, you know. Yeah. Bless him, what a lovely guy. So anyway, so, you know, I just drove up to Sunderland, did a week of Swan Lake and after, and that was it. It was ballet for me. Oh. You know? and, it's, and it's really funny because I was thinking back, back on it, uh, we had to do a... Um, like Rob encourages to do some like Spotify sort of list of, of, of oh yeah music and I, and I remember one one of the one of the excerpts I put in was Capalia um, and it's got a beautiful opening section to Capalia with this lovely horn chorale and and the whole thing started by this timp roll and I remember hearing Steve do that. Uh, and it's it's just the most beautiful how, how in a semi brief and a crotchet. <laughs> You know how how you can how that can sound so amazing. Yeah, is, is yeah. And every time I play Capalia, I always think about Steve. Oh, uh, who's not dead? I mean, just retired. <laughs> you know, exactly. yeah, yeah. Oh my god, like, yeah, it's a yeah, oh yeah. My god. yeah. And um, <laughs> I always think about Steve and, ju- and just you know, uh, just uh, amazing. Yeah. But it's very funny because I went up to Sunderland in my van, which was this old uh, Mercedes van which i'm sure had been used in the war or something like that i mean it was, it was a horrific <laughs> old vehicle it did 55 miles an hour tops and that was downhill <laughs> with a following wind so i drove all the way up to sunderland averaging about 40 miles an hour so they can imagine oh. how long that took <laughs> yeah. and then of course the fan belt broke um just in the middle of um some sort of carriageway diversion so i managed to block up the whole of the m1 for 30 minutes um and eventually got to Sunderland at, at one o'clock in the morning couldn't find anywhere any accommodation of course because I'd left it that late so I ended up sleeping in the van woke up at half past five in the morning and spent two hours in Burger King <laughs> warming up oh. and, and, it, and it's amazing oh, it's, oh my god that's crazy isn't it because you think you know like like real like sliding doors moments in your life and stuff like that, you know, and you can imagine just before this thing that, that has, that has changed the path of your life that you would have hoped as a musician, you would have, you would have been prepared and feeling (laughs) great. And good night's sleep. Good night's sleep. Arriving in Sunderland city centre, just high-fiving everyone and like heading footballs. Yeah. Yeah. Basically that sort of thing. (laughs) You want some tickets? Just let me know. Yeah. 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 But, but that, that didn't, that didn't happen to me. But no. you know, but you know, why do things normally? Well, know. quite right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, was what was that like getting there and doing? You do some rehearsals, or was it straight into some? Gigs? No, straight in the old days. We yeah, didn't, you weren't. It was literally I was sight reading Swan Lake. Wow, that um, I mean, there's, and there's a lot of it, right? And there's a lot of it, and there's lots of very important <laughs> timbits, and it's yeah. probably better actually if you don't know that's what's about to come up. Mm. It's probably it, that that sort of naivety and ignorance is sometimes a really good thing yeah did you know it but i mean well, one you knew bits of it yeah but but it's all the bit all the linking bits the famous which, bit uh, yeah yeah, 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 no, yeah the famous bits, you. yeah <laughs> um 
yeah, but it, it's it's a bit of a tour de force for Tim. So I sort of managed to black my way through it without anything horrific yeah. happening. Um, so something like that, because that's probably the most famous bit of ballet music, isn't it? I just wonder what what, it, what is it like from your perspective? How many drums do you have? Uh, do you have to do a lot of tuning in between? Well, uh, what's well, the experience like? I mean, how many drums do you have? Interesting. Well, to timpanist, interesting question because. Tchaikovsky wrote, I, I think, most of his music he wrote using three timps. So you could have argued and say, well, just use three timps. But then every timp has a sort of, has, has a voice, like a vocal range to it. Yeah. And, and you know, in order to, to bring out the best things of Tchaikovsky's music, and I use four timps, not because I need four timps, um, sorry to Neil and the guys that move them all about, um, <laughs> but but it, it, it's just you know some notes you sound better on certain instruments, yeah, yeah. you know. So yeah, but uh, but during a show, are you are you slightly do you, do you change the pitches? Are they do they stay the same? Oh throughout? yeah, yeah. You're constantly I mean, tuning yeah. Stuff, I mean, Tchaikovsky was quite groundbreaking um, because you know you look at you look at things being written at the time I think I think you know certainly Sleeping Beauty which starts off attempts to tune to A B flat and B natural yeah and at the time that was around about Marla 1 when that was written and and Marla at the time you know he wrote a few low notes and a few high notes but everything was like in fourths or fifths mm. Brahms you know the most amazing he got was like a G natural and an E you know a sixth and that was the most kooky that Brahms got. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Tchaikovsky was doing this thing with where you were playing in semiquavers. I mean, uh, yeah, incredible. Yeah. When you think about it, when you put, and it sounds so natural and so normal that you don't think actually this is probably really groundbreaking at the time. You yeah. can imagine the timpanist turning up at the Marinsky <laughs> yeah. Theatre or wherever it was. You yeah. Know, and and. Are you sure this is written correct? You've got an A, a B flat, and a B natural. What's all that about? I you think know. I've got a string part. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I mean, and it's interesting because lots of people it, like became the rage a little bit to, like you know, if if the note wasn't at the root of the chord on the timps, you know, like the timp would play the fifth of the chord just because he, there was only two drums available. Whereas, because Tchaikovsky had sort of hinted that he'd, had, if he'd had more drums, and like pedal drums, which he probably didn't have, that he might have written all sorts of different notes. And of course, you know, people take him a bit literally, so it can get a little bit like your bass part. Yeah, some people do. You know, um, so you can just add in extra notes. Yeah, you just basically change the load of the notes so it, so it fits in exactly with what the double bass is doing. Oh. And of course, it sounds it, it sounds pretty impressive if you get it right. Yeah. Obviously, very unimpressive if you don't. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so pretty impressive if you get it right, but it, it sort of loses the the value of the music. I think a little bit. But have you um, been through phases over the years trying? Out oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to get. I used to. It, we used to have a Wednesday matinee, and Griff. Who's yeah. one of the yoga players? Who's uh, brilliant? Uh, w- one of life's amazing people, but he he would just get like slightly upset if I didn't put a different 
like I'd have to put an extra couple of notes in for him or change <laughs> some notes. And he'd always look around, like, and he'd be listening. Like, and I'd play this little, you know, like that. And it wasn't, you know, Tim's not even, even supposed to be playing at that moment. But it would be little, you know, like that. And he'd always look around, massive grin, you know. Like, and it'd just be in line with the conductor normally. And, and you'd have this frowning conductor and grin turning around, beaming smile on his face. You know. Three. Three. So yeah. is that a very hard role then to go in and guest? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it is really because what you're trying to do is because of the timpanist. You've, you know, a lot of times you're sitting back, so you're, you're part of the general musical idea. But there's sometimes where you've you've got to take the orchestra, as Kurt Godick used to say, take the orchestra by the scruff of the neck and put it in a better place. <laughs> you know? yes. I love that. I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and to do that when you're when you're just covering somebody is a very difficult thing to do. Um, because obviously, you know, you both know, I mean, you know, how orchestras function is, is beyond me with, with the huge egos that tends to be flying about in a lot of these places. Um, and, and suddenly you, you get to some cadential bit where you, basically the timps being a very cadential instrument, you're leading the cadence. And you've got a leader of the orchestra who maybe musically disagrees with what you're doing, but obviously you have an immense amount of power sitting at the back. Um, I'm leaving the conductors out of this for the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that, and that, you know, sometimes, you know, and some people like you, some people don't, and it's just that's the thing. And and the trouble is, you know, you try and like a few students, you know, and you and you've got to be true to what you want to do. And if you're trying to impersonate what you what somebody else has done, then then it's just going to sound not very good. And that, and that means, unfortunately, sometimes you'll go somewhere and they'll love you, and other times you'll go somewhere and they'll absolutely hate you, you know. But that's the way it works. And and it, and yeah. if you if you're not prepared to accept that, then it's it's a very difficult job, and, and then we become that sort of brown beige colour, which yeah. is not what music to me is about you know because we always have an audience and 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 it's a gift they are a gift to us and that we and we should do everything that we can to make whatever they come and see whether it's ballet or an orchestral concert as memorable as we possibly can and if we're all sitting there like slightly afraid to play a wrong note or something like that then people are just going to go and listen to a cd of somebody playing it properly <laughs> yeah, that's you know? so true you know, it's really beholden on us. And people spend a lot of money and a lot of time travelling to see concerts or, or ballet or opera or whatever. And, and for us not to think that our job is... You, you know, do we respect Beethoven or do we res or do we give more respect to the people that have turned up? You know, and there's sometimes, you know, phrasing, you, you, you know, certainly as a timpanist, you're not going to follow exactly what he wrote. You know, you've got to come up with something ex ex that, that is of the moment. And people say, well, you can't do that because it's Beethoven. And then other, uh, but what we're trying to do is entertain. 
yeah. these people that <clears throat> that spend time and trouble and money and want to be entertained. They don't. They don't want to just listen to a average performance. So you were talking earlier about um, your like the relationship with the leader, but also and the, with the conductor. Which would you say? I mean, I guess they're both really important, but which would you say is the most important relationship? Or does it change depending on who you have conducting? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I think I think it, it that I think that is that the thing. You know, is that... yeah, I mean, it depends. I think it, it depends on which massive ego is the biggest, right? And the, and the problem with conductors, of course, that you know, I mean, we're very fortunate at the ballet um, to have you know their relatively stable bunch of guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I think at the back of the conductor's mind, all all the time, certainly the you know moderate to poor ones, and the fact that you know there's there's still that thought that I don't actually make any sound at all, and they like to sort of they like to like to feel that they're in charge mm. um, probably more than they actually are. But if you get a great orchestra, then it's, then it's the leader is the person that's in charge, really, uh, that you've got to look, look at just because... But the problem is, a lot of time, unless it's a good concert hall, then sometimes your view of the leader is obscured. And then sometimes yeah. you can't, and then if you can't see the double bass section, then basically you're flying blind, you know, uh, and that's that's a really awkward. Yeah. I mean, you 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 know, you, when you sit yeah. so far away from the action, you Definitely. know, you'll notice that it's that actually that placement is, is it's, yeah for you it's so thing. clear. It's literally you've got to hit that drum skin, draw the sound out of that drum draw, skin, draw the sound. Out. <laughs> uh, but you, I mean, and also if you're a bit of a distance, do you have to try and anticipate slightly? To what the, yeah. So basically, you are you're trying to do something musical. But in a completely a musical way, because you're 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 trying to make it fit in and phrase it with everybody else, but doing it a little bit in front of everybody. Mm. So it's you know, it's getting that right is yeah. difficult. And with some orchestras, you'll be more successful than other orchestras, which are the orchestras that you don't work for. Again, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and every orchestra has its, has its way of playing. Yeah. yeah. Do you find it easier with orchestras that play dead with the conductor on the beat, or do you find the ones that sort of? I mean, I'd love to say they all. You know, they there are orchestras like that, but nobody plays dead with the conductor. No, no. It's trying to imagine how far you have to play ahead of what you hear, and that's the difficult thing about being a guest player. Yeah. Uh, with an orchestra that you don't know. Yeah. And also, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to have some musical <clears> input <throat> and, you know, a composer will write something thinking the timpani are going to lead. And if you've got a leader who thinks they're going to lead that particular moment, then it's all going to end in tears, you know. God. Oh, so it's hard. So, it's like a tightrope walk, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, no, it really is. And, and the thing is, what we play is basically compared with a lot of other instruments, technically what we play is not difficult. The difficulty is getting it to, to, to the first row of the audience and making it sound like you're with the body of the orchestra. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and that sounds very basic, but 
and very obvious, but then when you get egos involved in what's going on, then it becomes very no, difficult. No, it's not at all. You know? It's not even, not even sat in a section. It's not yeah. easy and obvious, you know, sometimes. Because yeah. yeah. Jenny Brown was saying this about the way people breathe and play yeah. and, like it, it, you know, some orchestras breathe in a different, you know. Yeah, yeah, and no, no, exactly, Especially yeah. where you've got like a pause and then, yeah. oh, God. Yeah. I find it hard. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm doing a Beethoven 5 once and... Like I was sat for some reason, I don't know why, because it was a massive, I think it was at, at Symphony Hall, it wasn't, wasn't the CBSO, but it was at Symphony Hall in Birmingham. And it's a big stage. And for some reason, they put the timps down by by the second violins with the trumpets just sort of on my right-hand side. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's great, because I can, I can just literally play with the violins now. That's That's fantastic. But the thing is, by the time it's travelled from... The first desk of the second violins to the last. If I'd have played with the desk I was with, which is the last desk, second violins, there's no way that that would have been in time with what was going on a few meters in front. So actually, it was more difficult. Yeah. Especially in that there's a quiet sort of like section between uh, like the end of like the third movement into the fourth movement. I know that you know it's one long movement. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, it, so I had to not listen to something that was right by me in order to be correct with something that was yeah. six metres yeah, in front of me. So are they kind of just, they're probably not looking at the leader, maybe, or, are they, or they're, they're section leader, maybe they're just listening and... So many different and things. And just playing, but then you're going to have to play ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's a really weird obviously sensation. they're not picking up on that maybe and going why is the tint player playing ahead of us way ahead of us yeah yeah <laughs> i think i'm gonna stick up for these guys at the back of sessions i think playing at the back yeah. of a string section is a flipping nightmare yeah like and especially if you don't do it often because yeah. i <laughs> i don't sounds like i've got a massive chip on my shoulders doesn't oh. it <laughs> when you you know when you go in and i like i said i don't do much symphony orchestra playing at all but i've been in and played in like desk four of something oh, my God, what you hear is mad. What you're seeing and what you're hearing. Yeah. And if you haven't got a particularly forthright principle, you are in no man's land because yeah. the, the sound, it's like a wash. It takes ages to come back. And if the orchestra plays slightly behind the conductor, which they often do, it's mm. like, oh, my God. Mm. It's not fun, actually. I, I yeah. No, not for me. No. no. I, I wasn't saying, you know, I wasn't being like denigrating no, I know you this won't. section because no, it wasn't no. a very good orchestra but no. it was just that's the way it happened because they, they were just sort of following what was and it was just coming yeah mm. yeah. yeah but it's easier cool. to just be way out at the back just and then you can in a funny sort of way because then you've just got to and I guess you've built up a kind of like muscle memory of, see, of seeing a conductor do something and then you kind of play a, a bit ahead of the leader or, or anticipate slightly or whatever you're I mean, doing. I mean, the loud things normally are very easy <clears> because, you you know, the orchestra will more or less follow what the conductor's doing mm. on a loud, like a short chord. Yeah. But it's oh, when yeah. you've got some sort of very quiet mm. chord, yes, um, then it becomes very difficult. And that's when, it's you know, if it's a pizzicato, or something, that's when you, you've got to be able to see the leader Ooh, or you've God, got to be able yeah. to see the principal yes. bass. Pizzicato. Because yeah. without yeah. that... You know, yeah. I mean, you know what it's like. You yeah. know, you get a conductor will put something down, then half an hour later, Burp. ping, yeah. you know, yeah, 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 and it's and and yeah, 
That's why I really like shows because everyone just plays. <laughs> yeah, that, they tend to be on easy. the beat. Don't they? It's just so yeah, much yeah. easier. It's like, right, okay, there we go, done. Yeah. No, you're right. right. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> told me that you, you, for a laugh, just decided to swap around your timpanis once uh, to go from what the English style to maybe the German style. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean. It, it was good fun, actually. It was really interesting. Um, probably not a laugh for many people. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, I'm yeah, paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I mean, yeah, because it sort of makes no sense, really. Because when you think of think of a piano, and basically nobody didn't know anything about timps, that, that the way most people in the world arrange their timps is the, the lowest one is on the left-hand side, just as the lowest notes on the piano yeah. are on the left-hand side. But the Germans do it the other way around. Mm. And they think that this is absolutely what what you should do. And, and it's very interesting because if you, if you delve a little bit deeply into it, which I, which I sort of did, that, you know, there, there's good and bad points to that. Um I'm going to show my complete ignorance of string instruments here, but is, are the basses round the other way? So the low note yeah. is yeah. on the right. Yeah, yeah. They? That's well, it. From an yeah. audience perspective. Yeah. So yeah. they say that, that a lot of timpanists originally were, you know, they in small or court orchestras would have been bass players that have, that have ended up playing timps. Oh, I see. Because they all had to play. Oh, you know. okay. Um, so they would naturally put the low instrument to their right. Oh. So oh, I it would see. be the opposite way round from a piano, but exactly like a double bass. Yeah. Wow. And then the sort of myths are brought up about why this is done and why it's a good thing. Well, we've got a theory, haven't we? We have. Go on, go o- for it. On the way here, on our train at Watford's uh, Junction, uh, Marnie got on. Do you know Marnie mm. from BBC Concert Orchestra? Yeah, yeah. He's got his Marnie O'Sullivan. Name. Marnie O'Sullivan. Yeah, great. And... And we said, oh, we're coming to see you. It was a, oh, right, a yeah. remarkable coincidence. And he said, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he lives quite nearby. He's, uh, what's, yeah. the ne- what's the next stop? St. Albans or somewhere like that? Hemel Hempstead. Hemel Hempstead. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. he's in Hemel Hempstead. So he comes down right. here with the dog sometimes. But yeah. anyway, oh, he, even though he lived here. But um, yeah. he said uh, in Germany, they would put the heavier timp on the right-hand side of the horse because you'd sit on a horse. You have a heavy timp on the right, sm- smaller timp on the left, and a big sword on the left. Yes, and it balanced out. It balanced out the weight. Yeah, yeah. That was his theory. Good, good theory. Good theory. Yeah. Have you ever ridden a horse and played (laughs) played your tips? Not part of my job description so far. um, Here's a surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Next season. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god, this is part of oh, a, like Pelo, a, the Commonwealth Games. Maybe they'll make you do it. Three in a bar challenge. Yes, is it? it is. We're right. going to get you on a horse. Yeah, okay. We've got one out there. Yeah. yeah. So now this is the end now, isn't it? We are back, but we're back. And that was a lovely interview. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes how very final of you. that that's done i just wanted you, everyone to know because it was yeah, long and it was it, lovely it is over it is but but hey if you really liked graham's vibe then we talked about it earlier sports chat with graham king yeah is available as an episode 
by joining the Patreon. It's so worth joining for even for just this alone because it's great. We talk about snooker, darts. <laughs> I think we get on to the Olympics. We may have touched on that in the episode as well, but there's more. <laughs> there's more. We've got a nice long episode for you. So head on over to our Patreon Three in a Bar Members Club. Mm-hmm. You can join for £3.50 a month plus VAT. Say that quietly. <laughs> They'll never know. And also, we I mean, we, we talked about our live show, didn't we? Oh, we did. Now, we said this to the Patreon members last time. If you, if you join up to our Patreon, mm. you can come to our show for free. Yeah, you can. On the 12th of June. That's such a absolute deal isn't it? I mean it? isn't that isn't that good? Yeah it's, it's so good and it's going to be an amazing show. I've said it in this episode yeah. already but it is. It's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, otherwise it's 12 pounds a ticket. Um, so two things there join a Patreon uh, otherwise buy a ticket to our show on the 12th of June. Link in the show notes. Yes. Also let's mention Chimney Fire Coffee those lovely people they have supported this episode. Please go and buy some of their coffee. It's very nice. You get 20% off your first coffee order if you use the offer code three in a bar or one word. Head over to chimneyfirecoffee.com to do that. Great. And um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's, uh, that's, the, that's the Graham King podcast <laughs> finished. It is. It's been a pleasure. Now I yeah. have to go and get to my Heathrow Airport Hotel. And yeah. you have to go to somewhere too, don't you? I've got a I've got a secret Zoom with with an exciting thing which I can't talk about. What is yeah. that? What w- it is? What's that called when people say things like that just to like make themselves um, seem, annoying. seem important? Annoying, annoying. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds yeah. exciting. It is actually quite exciting, um, but I can't talk about it. So, oh my god, can you talk about it off air? Um. No. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, well, no. may actually probably not. No. Oh, no you're, you're quite. You're. I could tell you secrets. Oh, go on. You can. I'm good. I'm good at keeping a secret. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you after yeah, this. Yeah, do that. Um, <laughs> Should we let these guys go now? Because yeah. they've stuck with us. <coughs> oh, also, I'm a bit worried about your secret Zoom, sir. Because I don't, can you hold it together? My voice, my voice is deteriorating. <laughs> Oh, I don't have long left. Oh dear. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll um, be with hey, you again in a few weeks. I hope so. Um, have an amazing time in New York. Thanks. So excited. Oh, Can't the longest wait. coming mm. holiday ever biggest anticipation ever yeah truly truly is oh i can't wait i just i'm gonna go and think about it now i'm gonna go and think about what we're gonna do um i'm gonna upload documents because it's no mean feat uploading all the documents for for getting abroad at the moment um so i'm gonna do that which is not fun but then the fun begins Woohoo! brilliant brilliant um have a lovely time and thanks uh, thanks for listening everybody and tell all your friends about this podcast if you don't join the patreon that's cool but um, hey, why not share this podcast on social media? You yeah. Share, hey, I listened to this episode. It was, really, it was really good or it was really long or it was all about not music or whatever you think. Yeah. Uh, those guys don't know how to talk to anyone. Uh, those guys, don't say that. Those guys don't, don't. say really long questions that don't have a question in them. <laughs> There's no question in. Or if there is, they've forgotten by the time they get to the end of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, these guys rely on each other to 
to <laughs> help each other. <laughs> yeah, they can't we... string a word or sentence together and yes. could not do it on their own. Well, you could do it on your own. Think, no, think. no, I couldn't. I really enjoyed it. Just quickly before we go, in this episode where you actually had to translate full sentences. I don't know if it's made to <laughs> cut, to be honest. I hope it hasn't. Okay. But <laughs> Anyway, um, let's, <coughs> right, this is let's go. Let's go. Bye, everybody. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.